You're listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. many emotions emotions okay uh, good um, wow are you I, I mean I I shouted out loud multiple times while reading and that's not something I usually do well that's good then. I had feelings they are complicated I feel like my heart was pounding by the time I got done I was like that brings me <laughs> was an intense four chapters yeah oh my god so much joy that you're saying this it's a very very it was a long journey and now i'm like <sighs> what yeah what everything one step after the other so just... yeah it was uh, mm. crazy mm. well welcome everyone this is our podcast uh a pod of mass and methods i'm marjorie and this is my first time reading sarah j Moss. And you love it. I, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I am Allie, and I'm a Massiverse fan. I've read everything she's written, even little side bonus chapters and um, books that aren't in her series and are in other people's series. So I think she's great, and I am guiding my sister through the Massiverse one book at a time with our pod mast. And this episode, we are doing the last four chapters of A Court of Thorns and Roses. Akatar, baby. It is um, chapters 43 43. to 46. It's wild. So I guess we start with our five-sentence summary, and I think I have to start. Yes, you do. (sighs) (laughs) The... This is one of the chapters I had a lot of emotions. The final task has arrived, and Farah has to kill three fairies. And while she succeeds pretty easily with the first two, the third one is Tamlin, and she has to stab him in the heart. Except he has a heart of stone, exclamation point. And in fact, we're only in chapter 43. God damn it with these sentences. (laughs) Um, And in fact, doesn't kill him. But Amarantha's pissed off about it and throws a temper tantrum. She starts beating Feyre to hell, doesn't let her win, and surprise, Rissand tries to save her, not Tamlin. And then Feyre is almost killed. Tamlin uh, kills Amarantha, and the High Fey are free, and they save Feyre. That's a run on sentence to wrap it up. <laughs> And more things happened. And they all lived happily ever <laughs> No, that's definitely not the ending we just got. Nope. I'm so excited. Are we ready for chapter 43? Chapter 43. I named it Third Time's a Charm. I named it a very fairy trolley problem. I put the trolley problem thing in too. As the first thing I wrote down was, this is so trolley problem. It is. I love it. Here's a summary. It's Farah's last task. It's here. She tells Tamlin she loves him, and then she has to kill three fairies. The third one is Tamlin, but because his heart is made of stone, she decides it'll be cool to stab him anyway and hopes she's right. Crossy fingers. Okay. This is the first time I wrote. I screamed out loud. At which, which time? I scream out screamed out loud when Feyre killed the first high fey. I screamed boy. no and shut the book. Yeah. I did not think she was going to do it because I thought, oh, she's talked herself into it. So she's going to subvert it and not do it. Like, I just, I, I thought she wasn't going to do it. Yeah. So I think it's interesting because it seems like such a juxtaposition with the first chapter where she's also all in her head and she talks herself into killing Andrus. 
Mm-hmm. Even though she kind of tells, she can tell there's something a little different about right. this wolf. And then this one, it's like she's going through the same emotions and she's supposed to have grown and changed. Well, she has. She's not doing this for, she's not doing this for the same reasons. Absolutely. In the first one, she's like, well, if it is a fairy, then I fuck them. Fast. I better kill them <laughs> anyway. Like, I got to do it. Like, right. this one, she's like, this is horrible. But this is going to save so many people. And I mean, that's like, that's, it, it's, it's torn down to his most brutal aspects, killing someone in cold blood. They have no defenses. But like, that's what so much of war in reality is, is we're accepting that we're going to have to kill some people for some greater good. I mean, that's what we hope some wars are about not right. not so <laughs> not many most wars, but, yes. <laughs> but like you know that's like the moral justification like we're doing this we have accepted that killing is okay in this circumstance culturally societally for this greater end and that's where she's talking herself into and the second thing is like she, do it quick she agrees and she's like do it i understand make it quick I understand, you know, I not only just I understand the position you're in, like, I'm ready to sacrifice myself for this greater cause. Well, and you can tell Rasand also agrees because when he thinks she's hesitating, he moves to get in her eye line. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is what I do for a living. Right. <laughs> like, he's tingling Honey. the little eye on the palm of her hand, like, just kill okay. him. So when this was happening in the chapter, first of all, I was like, I didn't expect Tamlin because we saw him. I let my eyes deceive me in fairyland. I am as bad as Farah. So I didn't think the third person was going to be Tamlin. It didn't click in my head yet. But I was like, okay, this is kind of what I thought. They're like forcing Farah to kill people. And yeah, then you they, this right then they started revealing the faces. I'm like, oh, the third person's going to be someone she cares about. Because then it's going to make it. And then the next thing I thought as I'm reading it, it's like, she's going to kill the first two people. The third person is going to be someone she cares about and she can't do it and then it's going to be even worse because she's like now I've killed these two people and it doesn't even matter I didn't realize it was going to be Tamlin I didn't think it was going to be Lucian because I think we already played that card Too I, many was, times, I was honestly. like is it going to be Alice is it going to be one of her sisters like who's it going to be and that it was Tamlin and um the first time I read it I thought the first boy was going to be one of alice's nephews i thought that might be too i thought might be like oh you just killed one of the blah 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 like that i think that was also in my head i was like who are these people that she's killing yeah i I (sighs) found all of the fairies watching their reaction is so crucial in this chapter they're silent when she walks into the room oh yes yes doing the hunger games kiss your hand and show (laughs) you justice thing after she kills the second fairy, they start, like, murmuring to each other, like, oh, my gosh. Like, she's about to beat Amarantha. Like, I right, can't believe Right, right. It. It's, like, interesting to see the transformation. And it's, like, of course, early on, no one thought she was going to make it this far. Right. No one thought she was going to make it this far. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, yeah, we're going to keep antagonizing her and laughing at her because that's you know when you're when you're on the same side as the bully you keep up with what the bully you're you join in on the bullying and then it's suddenly like oh we might we might get free here there's a chance yeah um and that just it's it's a change and i love the drama of this whole thing i love being in ferris head i love that she's listening to the voices of this young male high fae, of this girl, that they have bags on their heads, that there's black velvet pillows with a new Ugh, knife each time. Right. Like, I think it's all very dramatic. But I love when the fairies start murmuring in between the second and third kill when the bag's about to come off. And favorite doesn't know this is Tamlin yet, but she mm-hmm. kills the second fairy and looks up to try to make eye contact with Reese. Not with Tamlin, even though mm. she thinks Tamlin's over there. But Reese is looking at Amarantha like, why isn't she freaking out? And he's trying to, like, puzzle out, like, what is going on? Like, yeah, you would think, oh, she she would have broken already, Feyre, you know. Um, yeah, what a chapter. I, I mean, I think there's something with the Tamlin having a stone heart. So this was the other part of the the, that they couldn't talk about right right they kept trying to let her overhear that his which, heart was turned to stone which love that the eavesdropping that i complained about or like i was like she's just hearing things um 
kind of paid off. Yeah. Like it is, it was there, it was planted for a reason. I love it too. I love, um, I, I looked, I think that in fairy tales, something or a body part or a person being turned to stone is such a, like a common thing. I think about Medusa. Mm-hmm, I think about mm-hmm. the white witch in Narnia. Um, I think about in the Hobbit, the big, who they turn to stone in the morning. The trolls? Yeah, the trolls. Well, it makes me more think of some of the mythologies where people's hearts have been stolen. Mm. So that's in Moana with the Heart of Defeaty. It's in in Howl's Moving Castle. His heart has been, Howl's heart has been taken. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of part of the mythology. So... Yeah, because it's in Beauty and the Beast, like he was initially heartless, right? Like that's why he gets turned into a beast. Yeah, he was metaphorically kind of, heartless. Yeah, yeah. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I found this fairy tale, a German fairy tale called The Cold Heart from 1827. It was in a collection of fairy tales um, in the narrative of the Spessart Inn. And the basis of it is that this person's heart is turned to stone. Right. So the, it is a very, like, mm-hmm. an old genre of fairy tale to have somebody who is heartless yeah. the tin man oh yeah no yeah, heart yeah. he no has heart. a clock for a heart he's got yeah. a ticker i mean the trick with 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 that one is that he had a heart all along like mm. the scarecrow was smart all along yeah, the, uh-huh. the lion was brave all along it just yeah the tamlin could love a human all along yeah he had <laughs> love all along very cute but yeah. she decides that amarantha wouldn't kill tamlin so she decides to do it i mean i think that's a good call with all these things she's never wanted to take her rage out on tamlin she's wanted to take it out on Mm -hmm. absolutely so wow though Mm -hmm. do so you your scream for that chapter was when she actually kills the first fairy she killed him i yelled no blue eyes i yelled no and i shut the book Blue paint she can't use anymore. No more painting yeah. blue. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Farah. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about quotes. I wrote two of them. Um, the first one I wrote was, the cleanliness of the wooden blade mocked the blood on my fingers. Mm. So this is when she's reaching for the second ash knife. And the other one I had was right after she killed the first fairy. Um where she says in her head, his eyes were full of shock and hate. They stayed on me as his body sagged to the ground. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when you were yelling and shutting the book. So (laughs) no, it was just when it was exactly the moment was like, I plunged the knife and I went, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I have two quotes as well. Um, one is Feyre's love confession. Um, I love you, I said, no matter what she says about it, no matter if it's only with my insignificant human heart, even when they burn my body, I'll love you. That's a good love confession. It's beautiful. I love love confessions that are always like, even if it doesn't matter, I still love you. Right. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's it. That's the stuff. That's the love I want to vomit over. Yeah. And honestly, this next quote is one you just referenced. Um, his eyes were the color of a sky I'd never see again if I refused to kill him, a color I never get out of my mind. Never forget, no matter how many times I painted it. And I was like, I didn't mind. I didn't mind that it was a paint reference this time. Because, it hit. Because it did what you were talking about a few chapters ago with hunting. It referenced it without directly referencing. Yeah, it, it, it was like a little bit more poignant of a metaphor at that point in right. time. It was beautiful. Um, yeah. So the next chapter is pretty short. Yes. Very, very short. It is mine. What did you name it? Mine is titled um, Amarantha Throws a Temper Tantrum. Mine is It's Love, Harry. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so vindicated. (laughs) I knew. I knew that when you read this, because first you were like, well, the first two tasks were about (laughs) brains and brawn. So this one is going to be some sort of emotional, (laughs) ethical trauma. And I was like, shit. I listen I did it I just want to be clear I did not cheat at all I have not looked up anything about the books I didn't even read the back of the book until um I got it in the mail um and all those guesses were from me I just need you 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 to understand I want the audience to know how smart I am (laughs) 
No, wow. I'm not. I'm not smart. I just read a lot of books, so I kind of know what the tropes are going to be. Right. Um, and the riddle answer, of course, is not going to be something random. It's not going to be like yeah. three nickels. It's right. like no, it's going to be thematic. <laughs> Because that's how books work. There's it's themes. A it's a riverbank. There's themes. The horse's uh, name it's was a, Friday. It's not some medicine that Feyre can't think about. It's going to be in line with the story. Sure. All right. Um, so anyway. Uh, summary. <laughs> on to the summary. Um, Tamlin doesn't die. Amarantha doesn't free him. Because technically, uh, the automatic freedom happened with solving the riddle, not with her Feyre completing the three tasks so she could just delay releasing people uh, and kind of pisses off the other fairies. Um, Amarantha starts torturing Feyre. Reese tries to fight Anthrantha, Amarantha but fails. Tamlin begs for Feyre's life and it doesn't work. Feyre answers the riddle. Love. That's my summary. Yeah. That is the, I mean, that is what happens. This is a crazy quick chapter because you think that like she wins but then it's like oh no yeah she doesn't win like the the knife is chipped on his heart and she's like his mask isn't coming off he's not healing and amarantha pulls that old villain bullshit like i said immediately in that prepositional phrase not this prepositional phrase (laughs) so yeah um i think the most important thing though that happened is that amarantha she and 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 yes in her dialogue okay she did. She and 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 did. Mm. Um, I, I, this chapter is mm-hmm. heartbreaking because, again, just like when she first got to the cave, they're beating her up. Yeah. Again. It is. And I think it's, it, it made me think of, like, um, Emperor Palpatine in the end of Return of the mm-hmm. Jedi when he's like, oh, Luke, you won't fight Darth Vader the way I want, so now I'm just going to, like, lightning you. Right. And I think, too, that this chapter had two um, tropes that are pretty common in fairy tales. One, like I said, is the villain using tricky language to mm-hmm. get you. Like, Ursula did that, right? Yes. Like, all of her contracts yes. are tricky language. Tricky language. And then the other is, like, the love breaking the spell. True love's kiss, thawing a broken heart, you know. All you have to do is love, and it'll break the curse. Like that's there's, such a... there's love in Harry's skin. Voldemort right. even can't stand to touch him. <laughs> right, he's burning. He's burning. Um, I love it, and I think that that is—it's mm-hmm. so classic, but it comes off nicely. Yeah. Um, I think there was an interesting contrast between Reese and Tamlin's reaction. Now I know Tamlin's like, "I'm tied up, and I just been stabbed in the chest," mm-hmm. but it's like Reese is like. I'm going to fight. And Tamlin's like, I'm going to beg because Tamlin begged earlier. Reese, mm. I was like, okay, interesting. But I kind of, it didn't happen. I kind of wanted to see the, after Reese started, like the other fairies, like actually stepping up to maybe like, once we all rise up together, we could overwhelm her type of point. Yeah. But that's not the way the story went. But I thought Reese was like, this is my shot. He cares about Farah. He does. He genuinely cares. He because if he didn't, he could have been like, if she was just a tool, he could have just faded into the background, realizing this gambit wasn't going to work. Maintain right. his position, but he went. He, he was, was like crawling on his knees for a knife. Yeah, yeah. He he got knocked out like twice. He he tried. And I mean, Farah comments that she hears him bellow her name. Like two separate times. Mm-hmm. I I mean I just think it's very interesting because this is the only time they've spent together. Now it is two solid months every day, mm-hmm. but half of that she can't remember. Yeah, it's very. That's a very interesting mm-hmm. thing that's going. It's an on. interesting dynamic. And Tamlin is ple- he even apologizes where it's like okay fifty years too late buddy he's like sorry I said that about Clithia <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you should have started with that fifty years ago before your whole kingdom was locked mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. yeah um and I think it it happens once in this chapter and then a lot in the next chapter that Feyre flashes into Reese's mind and sees things from his perspective which obviously is another connection from the tattoo. They do have a more, it's not just a one-sided control. It is. Right. Like maybe uh, when he made this bargain with her, she got some of his powers. Maybe 
like because the tattoo is an eye she can see through his eyes and she didn't realize it before Mm -hmm. um i think that there's a lot of possibilities with this tattoo especially with espionage um, Mm -hmm. on reese's part oh yeah but maybe she can turn it around. It's a little bit Voldemort it could see into <laughs> Harry's mind, but Harry could see into Voldemort's mind too. Sorry for all the Harry Potter references, but it just is. Okay? We can't help it. We can't. You're fine. You, if you've read this book, you've probably read Harry Potter about 15 years ago. Yeah. So I think that the difference between Reese and Tamlin in this chapter is so important. And I think what they both did is beautiful. Like with both, we both the were, things, They were both trying different tactics to save her. Right. You know? Um, yeah, but Amarantha's reaction to Tamlin is what helps her solve the riddle, because that was the part that Feyre didn't know. The like when it kills, it does it slow. Mm-hmm. I think her reaction to that and herself dying and right. Tamlin apologizing about Clithia. I think all of that hit her all at once, and she was like, "Oh shit!" But then her um back snaps, <laughs> and chapter done. And she's done. done. Potentially. She's dead. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you have a quote? I you, you go first. I have the red marble splintered when he hit it as, as it spiderwebbed toward me. I thought that the fact that Amarantha threw Reese so hard that the marble splintered was an indicator as to how hard they were fighting one another. Mm-hmm. I have um, a piece of Farah's uh, introspection as she's being tortured to death. And um, Amarantha is like demanding that she says she never loved Tamlin. I would never say it. Never let her hear that. Even if she killed me. And if it was to be my downfall, so be it. If it would be the weakness that would break me, I would embrace it with all my heart. You're really into the Pharaoh love this week. She's just committing to these things. Yeah, she's like, I did this for three months for this man. I'm not right. going to now all of a sudden, or this Faye, I'm now not going to all of a sudden just change my tune. Mm-hmm. Because that's Amarantha's thing, right? She thinks that humans are fickle, and that's why she's pissed off. Great. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. Well, you said this last chapter was short. How about chapter 45 <laughs> for you? It's like a second long. It's like three, it's three pages. Yes. Yeah. It is. Two and a half, really, because the chapter title takes up a half a page. Mm -hmm. So the summary is uh, we're in Reese's eyes for this entire chapter. Mm -hmm. We're in his head. Um, And Feyre is seeing the aftermath of her death, really. She sees Tamlin kill Amarantha. She sees Lucian crying. And she sees all seven of the High Lords come up and give a seed of light into her chest mm-hmm. to, uh, I, as Reese says, I think, do something that hasn't been done before or has not been done in centuries. Yeah, or give like a gift that. that's rare. Rare, a rare gift. Because first of all, all the High Lords have to be in the same place at the same time. And they, all have to, they all have to agree on <laughs> yeah. something, right. which we know is a problem. Right, but they've all potentially been watching her for the last three months and feel she deserves it. So right. that is the summary. Wowza. All right, so the second time I shouted was in this chapter. Okay, at what? Do you have a guess? Okay, you shouted in this chapter... When the High Lord of Autumn Court gave his seat of no. light first. Damn. I shouted when Tamlin plunged a sword through Amarantha's head. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> whoa. Yeah, it was basically like a whoa. Like, I, uh, I like more when he rips her jugular out with his teeth. I don't know. I think I just, I was so excited when Lucian like threw him a sword. And I was like, I literally, my note was like, Lucian threw a sword. Because that's always badass when someone throws a sword. Yeah. That's not an easy thing to throw a sword. No, because he's uh, like, he goes, hey, Tam. He even uses his nickname, which I love. And then... I think it's through her head or through her face. I don't know what word they use, but it's like, what a, she's like supposed to be this like beautiful, charming queen. And it's like through her head, not through her heart, not through her stomach, not through her chest, through her face, through her head. I hope it was through her eye for Lucian. And oh. like, I hope the stab was like directly through her eyeball. Well, whatever it was. It was just, it, it's one of those things where it's like, that's done. She's dead. There's mm. no, there's no, there's no coming back from that. Right. And yeah, I just. 
Like, wowza. Mm. I, I love that Reese is, through Reese's head, he's paying special attention to Lucian, who takes his mask off and is crying. This is the first time Feyre has seen Lucian's face. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that the other fairies jump in front of Amarantha's henchmen to give Tamlin space to kill her. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a little bit of a rallying point. Um not to the same lengths as, like, they probably should have gone in, like, helping fight yeah. Amarantha, but it was helpful. Hey, I just realized something. What? We didn't say chapter titles. Oh, I put Feyre is risen. She I... is risen indeed. Hallelujah. 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 I gave it fairy brawl. Because mm. I guess there was. There was a little fairies helping out. Yeah. There was a little bit. There, there was, was a little bit. They could have stepped up sooner, but, you know. So first thing I'm surprised at with these High Lords, they're all described in <laughs> Reese's brain through Feyre's brain. She's never seen them before, but he has familiarity, so she kind of knows who they are. Right. Um, And the Autumn Lord comes up first. <gasps> Lucian's father. Lucian's father which is very weird to me i wonder if he was egged on by mama i wonder if he's a nicer guy than we think he has brown hair though she mentions which is interesting because i guess the red hair comes from mom the still an autumn color though yeah followed by so it's autumn summer winter dawn day night and then finally tamlin Mm. so it's a very interesting order it's first it's the seasonal courts minus Tamlin, then the day the day, the day. solar courts, the solar courts, and then it is Tamlin's the last one after everybody goes. I think maybe it's important because if he steps up as someone who has not traditionally been a friend to the Spring Court, it sort of makes more of a statement. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, maybe it maybe it's his wife egged him on. Maybe it's. Maybe Some br- begrudging the, respect, that's what you I was know. Say. He res- he's the type of person who respects people for bold action, right? Because it's like, isn't it like, oh yeah, the brothers kill each other off to get the throne? So maybe he's like, I respect this action chick. Like yeah. you know, it sort of speaks his language. So I mean, all of them I think are like ultimately happy to be free of Anna Marantha, except from of her direct cronies. But right, like the Adder. but they all the high lords lost something right. being under her. So. They want it back. Even if they were going to ally herself to get themselves more relative power in the situation, now it's done. It's like, yeah. Like, Let's so. save this chick and keep our ties with Spring Court as good as possible. Right. Like, we're about to re, we have to rebuild our own world, so. Absolutely. Uh, and then I liked that we ended this chapter with Tamlin professing his love to her. Oh, yes. And kissing her. So it's like the opposite of what she did. Mm-hmm. at the end of the other chapter mm-hmm. now this come back to life thing is definitely a hero's journey thing oh we yes we see it with jesus we see it with frodo we see it with harry potter there's so many instances i guess you could kind of say we see it with odysseus yes because he goes to the underworld so right. that's usually hercules what, yeah so that's usually the part of the hero's journey is going to the underworld um and you know sometimes that's a character dying sometimes mm-hmm. it's depending on the type of story, them almost dying, them metaphorically dying, them actually descending into the deepest, darkest place, the Chamber of Secrets, the Mines of Moria, Mordor. Like, it is, it can be both a version of death or and or a physical place that's almost a representation of death in the hero's journey. Right, and we will see some more things like this in Crescent City when we get to those sarah j mass books so i, I mean they, she's been under the mountain that's on that's right, yeah, that is under. she is in the underworld of this and plot then, line and now her human body is breaking we don't know what is going to happen to her uh yet but her human body is now broken and dead i definitely was like at a point where i was like is it life magic or something else because mm. i you know it, i wasn't my initial thought because I didn't know you could turn a human into a fae in this universe. Right. This is the first idea of it. This is the, we, because Feyre never even brought it up before and neither did Tamlin. Like, don't worry about your short life. We can figure it out. No, that, that, that conversation wow. has never happened. Right. Well, he couldn't have figured it out in the, in the context he was being. He couldn't get all the High Lords together to give her fairy magic. No, but I, I don't know if he even, did we know that 
is there other magic that can do this? Like, are there other ways for people to be turned fae that maybe he knew about but wanted to wait until she was in love with him? Or is he just like, she's going to die after three I mean, decades? maybe he was waiting until the curse was broken or Amarantha <laughs> was out of power or yeah. many, many, many other things, you right. know? And also, Feyre was hating Faye most of the time. She probably wouldn't have wanted to become one. That's so true. I think there's respecting that. And this is... This is sort of like when you want to turn someone into a vampire to save their life or whatever. It's like, that's a huge change. That's going huge into immortality. Yeah, like a vampire turning them into a werewolf. Like anyone where you have to get turned into something else to save your life. Where it's like, otherwise, it might not be the trade you want. There right. is trade-off. There absolutely. So let's do some quotes. And then we'll move on to our last chapter, which was a little bit longer and had some different elements. Yes. Um, so okay. my quote comes from Reese when he is the last High Lord to walk up except for Tamlin, and he just says, for what she gave. I think that's beautiful. I think it's the way that we talk about Jesus, you know, like <laughs> what he did. This sacrifice is a big sacrifice, and I'm not comparing Pharaoh to Jesus. Please don't misunderstand me, religious folk. Jesus, our High Lord and Savior. Yeah. I mean, Pharaoh. I was supposed to try to make Pharaoh Merry a joke. Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, Merry famous. Yeah, famous. Happy winter solstice, I'll say. Uh, so, yeah, Pharaoh, absolutely, for what she gave. What a beautiful sacrifice. I underlined the second half of Reese's quote okay. here. Okay. He paused. This makes us even, he added, and I felt a twinkle of his humor as he opened his hand and let the seed of light fall on me. Yeah. He's just like, Tamlin. they have banter. <gasps> they have <sighs> banter. It makes us even. This makes us even, you silly. Oh, Reese. <laughs> you bad boy. <laughs> twinkle I'm of so humor. bad about how much I like Reese. I know. <laughs> I know. It's truly an upsetting thing. Okay, so let's go to the final chapter of your first exploration into Akatar. Massiverse. What is your chapter? Well, chapter 46, my chapter title is just The Aftermath. And I put, and they all lived happily ever after, dot, dot. All right, summary. so quick summary. So, Feyre is turned into a high fae to save her life. Uh, the fairies are figuring out their shit. Um, Feyre has some trauma. She leaves bed with Tamlin to go talk to Reese. And then um, they go back to the spring court and they see Alice frolicking with her her nephews. Who are not dead. Who are not, who are not dead. <laughs> Thank God. And, um... That's a brief summary. Let's discuss. It is. She kind of wakes up in this dark, floaty type of existence, almost like mm -hmm. sensory mm -hmm. deprivation tank, mm -hmm. and goes to put her hands out to stand up and notices her fingers are longer. Her skin is shinier. And throughout the chapter, you get different things like her. She has better sense. She can hear better. She can smell better. And it's like overwhelming. I kind of love that. Yeah. Like where it's like I'm having a sensory, sensory overload. overload. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. The whole time. She is a high fae. And as you were alluding to in the last chapter, Tamlin says, it's the only way we could save you. Like, mm -hmm. he's apologizing, I mm -hmm. think, a little bit, because I don't think he thinks she wanted this. Well, she didn't. Right, of course. I mean, she probably want, she wants to live, but, mm -hmm. you know. Not necessarily to live forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so... To change your species right, and daunting. things. How daunting. I gotta say, we also get Tamlin um, having his face reveal, taking off his mask. And in my head, I could only think of that moment in the Beauty and the Beast cartoon where Prince Adam turns around after being transformed. Because Tamlin's blonde. So I think yeah. in my head, he slowly shifted to look like that. And... And then, you know, you're, you see his face. It's favorite light. It's like, he's even more beautiful than I imagined. And I was like, I just remember in Beauty and the Beast, Prince Adam turns around. And you're like, well, I guess he's okay. <laughs> right? She goes, is that you? And it's like, <laughs> bitch, you just saw me transform. Yes. Me. And it made me think about way early how I cast Ben Barnes as Tamlin. And you're like, well, they cast somebody else as Ben Barnes. Reese, right? Right. <laughs> right. All right. So Tamlin, my cast is the animated Prince Adam. I don't know how that works. And then my, my fan cast. And then Reese is played by Ben Barnes. Of course, of course he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that his looks like he's more ruggedly hands. I just think of Tamlin as more of a Hemsworth. 
He's ruggedly <laughs> handsome. He's not. He's blonde. He's not pretty. You know, like some boys are just pretty. Mm-hmm. And Tamlin is not that way. He's handsome, but he's not pretty. There's a difference. Yeah. Lucian, it is. And Lucian is just hot. Lucian. Little baby. I love Lucian. Lucian is, has a personality that is so much. He's such a bro. He's yeah. so, he's fun, but he's also loyal. Like, Reese is kind of, like, conniving, but fun. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Lucian is, like... A golden retriever. Is, is, is fun, but loyal. Mm-hmm. And so he's, like, but also, like, sarcastic. So he's, like, great. Okay, he's, like, he's, so... gonna, he's, gonna, he's gonna roast you, but he has your back. That's Lucian. So hear me out. Okay. Lucian is a Hufflepuff. Mmm. A, a salty Hufflepuff, right. though. Reese is Slytherin, sl- Slytherin all the way. And, and Tamlin's a really boring Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Except of, Lucian has all the red-headed brothers. So I don't know how that squares away, but it's fine. It's fine. That's not the qualities the Sorting Hat is looking for. Oh, that we know of. We don't know what the Sorting Hat is doing up there. Crazy. <laughs> is he even qualified? <laughs> is he qualified for this position? All right. Um. Yeah. Let's actually talk about the chapter. Okay. So- <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. Um. She does not want to talk to Tamlin about her what happened. She. We find out that all the bad fairies just kind of disappeared. Lucian's brothers nowhere to be found. Um. All the fairies are thanking her, and she is just like, get me the fuck out of here. I murdered two people. I don't know what happened to the bodies. Stop thinking. I don't know me. who they are. I don't know if they have family that misses them. Right. I really like that this is carrying over, this effect, which makes it very realistic, and I think it's going to be significant in the next book. I cannot tell you that. It's going to be <laughs> significant in the next book. She's like, nodding, folks. I'm shaking my head. She I, just has an itch. <laughs> <laughs> but it, even like instead of thinking about it and talking about it, she's just like, I guess I'll, I'll just have an orgasm. Me, watch, I mean, we're just going to kiss it out. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. She's a, she deserves a little orgasm at this point in her time. She does. They, uh, this can be very healthy. Also, she has not, other than that one kiss in that dark room, her and Tamlin have not had the chance to express their love for one another for three months, and they've been watching each other go through these very traumatic situations. So that's a very, very beautiful, but this can also turn very not healthy if they're never going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I need to see whether or not her and Tamlin are going to have a sit down or if they're going to be just as non-loquacious as, the, as they've been this entire book. Mm-hmm. Because they have, they're not a very chatty couple. They don't chat. No. But Tamlin's repressed. (laughs) He's got repressed angle and anger and daddy issues and everything. Yeah. Um, she wakes up though. She feels a tug on her bargain bond. And she's like, okay. And she sneaks off. She says, I knew who summoned me. She knows where she's going. Oh yeah. 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 And she meets Reese. And honestly, Reese is entirely pleasant in this interaction. (laughs) He's very pleasant. He's like, I'm going home. He's so excited. He's like, oh, yeah, I like flying. Yeah, which is so cute. He has his wings out, and he already told us he doesn't put his wings out in front of people. Yeah, because he didn't want people to know he liked it, so they had a had leverage over him. Right, because Amarantha, notorious for cutting off wings, apparently. That yes. We know, that we know of. That we know of. Based on- T- and taking people's powers and right. whatnot. So his wings stay away, but he's totally fine. First, showing Feyre that he has wings in that fireplace scene, and now having like fully corporeal wings. wings. And now telling her, yeah, I'm sensitive about this. I like flying. <laughs> it's so funny, that conversation. I really liked it. I thought it was cute. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, he says, I just wanted to say goodbye, which I think is sweet, because they have spent every day together mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. three months. So I want to say goodbye. And she's like, why? You're going to see me in like two weeks. And he's like, well. Yeah. Okay. 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 There was a moment in this scene where he like sees something on her face. That's what we get the line. Mm -hmm. And then like trips. Yeah. What does he see on her face? Is it like I'm seeing? Does he see emotion? Is like she expressing something like love, and he's like fumbling, or is it like something magical that he's seeing in her face? That's like going to be a plot point later. Is it a little bit of Amarantha still living in her? 
I don't know. That just came to mind. I didn't theorize that until just now. What is it? She's, it's Reese noticeably stumbles, and she picks up on this because he is so um, suave. Yeah, he's like a ballerina. He doesn't stumble. He's graceful. He's, he's very he's graceful. feral grace or something yeah. like that. He's very graceful. He can fly. So you imagine him like landing on his tiptoes. Mm-hmm. You know, like he. I don't know. See, he, there is something going on with Reese, and that's the last we see of him. It's like he's a he bows. I mean, in to this her, book, in this book, he bows to her and then sees something and almost trips and then is just like, "I'm out." Mm. So he's very concerned about something. Um, we also know that apparently Jurian's jewelry has gone missing. missing. Eye and bone. Eye and bone. Finger bone and an eye. Who has it? Why do they have it? What's going on with Jurian? What do they want it for? Right. What? Did the Adder take it? Did Lucian's brothers take it? Because we know these are the people who disappeared right, right away. It's, it's wondering, is it someone who's on Amarantha's side who want to continue the antagonism of Jurian? Or mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. who maybe wants to collaborate with a disembodied spirit? Someone with a different purpose? There's mm-hmm. maybe something else going on there? Yes. Um... I before Reese trips, I like when she asks him, "Why did you fight for me?" And he gives the very good answer of, "When the legends are written, oh yeah, I didn't want to stand on the sidelines." That's one of the no- things I have noted in the chapter. I think it's really great to think like, "I don't want you to die alone. I don't want you to fight alone." Like, I think you're great. I think you did a brave thing, Farah, and you know, I want people to remember that I was fighting too. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, we have this. Happily ever after moment, the Tamlin and she leave. They walk out of the mountain the same way that she had walked in three months earlier. And she sees the manor. She sees Alice and her nephews running about. And she, she calls it home. She calls it home. She does it multiple times. She calls yeah. it home. I'm going home. We're going home. Yeah. It's home. She sees the manor. They kiss. And they, she's like, I'm just going to deal with the bad stuff tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very sweet. Very sweet little happy ending for Feyre. For now. For now. For fair. I mean, you're now. ending where it's like, I'll deal with the trauma later. Yes. It's not. Archeron <laughs> in a new body. Yeah. With a human heart. Did you scream at all during this chapter? No. Oh, I did. Like you said, I thought about Twilight and people changing to vampires. I read a lot in books. People changing to werewolves. Anytime you have to change species to be with your partner was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love people adjusting to their new bodies. So I hope we see more of that in the next book. And I thought a little bit about even like Iron Man becoming his heart almost. Mm-hmm. Like she loved Tamlin, so she had to become it. And I, I think like Tony Stark, very similarly, his is very traumatic. He is almost going to die and has to save himself by becoming mechanical almost. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Like a, I like that comparison. Pulling it out from another genre. I am. I just I had to do something other than a fantasy novel. I was trying so hard. <laughs> okay. Quotes? Yeah, let's do it. I have two. Mm-hmm. I have. I pushed back against the wall of black that threatened me. And I think that that's a really cool mm. way that you deal with trauma in your brain. Like, get out of here, black wall. I have another one, but you want to go first? Oh, sure. Okay, because I have two as well. So yeah. we'll, we'll we'll back and forth. We'll do every other one. All right. So this one is sort of like a counterpoint to the kissing one I complained about the mm-hmm. other week. Um, a kiss for each day we'd spent apart. A kiss for every wound and terror. A kiss for the ink etched into my flesh and for the days we would be together after this. Yeah. That was very sweet. I like that. Yeah. Kissies all over. Mm-hmm. I also put a quote uh, from Rasand that he says after kind of asking Feyre what it's like to be Haifei now. And she expresses that she's struggling because her heart is still human. And he says, be glad of your human heart, Feyre. Pity those who feel nothing at all. Mm. Which I relate to. And I have, um, this is about Reese and like looking at the context. Yes. Said shadows of his own making still haunted those violet eyes. I like the phrase of your own making. I mean, obviously Sarah Jamie Moss did not make that up, but I always like problems of your own like anything that's blank of your own making, of their own making. 
It's I, good. I think the shadows of his own making, it now maybe Feyre understands because she's murdered somebody she didn't want to murder. She has shadows of her own making. Yeah, she does. Mm. And that's the black that she's pushing against in her head. Mm-hmm. Tied up so nicely. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's talk about some predictions. I've got a couple of things that I want you to think about. Okay. We already kind of talked about why you thought, why did you think Reese stumbled? So you've already addressed that. Mm-hmm. Um, why do we think Lucian's brothers disappear so quickly? And why does the text mention it even after his dad was like very like heroic? Um, well, it was mentioned that there's a lot of they who made themselves scarce. Mm. I mean, we know Lucian's brothers particularly seemed to be antagonistic towards Feyre. So it's very possible um, the brothers and the High Lord of Autumn are kind of on different wavelengths about things. Mm-hmm. The s- brothers could have been more loyal to Amarantha than the High Lord of Autumn. Okay. So I think there might just be that difference. All right. Uh, how do you think Feyre is going to deal with this new trauma this i'm a fairy i killed people i think she's gonna repress 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 until um it explodes and i think i think we've set up a love triangle mm-hmm. between farah tamlin and reese going into the next book we know that she has to spend some time with reese i think we're going to get a lot of compare and contrast between reese and tamlin between night court and day court and i think reese spring court Spring Court. Yeah, Spring Court and... Why they, they just make them some opposites here. This is it. <laughs> Spring Court and Night Court. It's not a sitcom, Night Court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it is. Spring Court and Night Court. There's going to be um, differences. And, and I think she's going to be wanting to put on a certain brave face for Tamlin. And I think she's going to get to be a little bit more of her true self with Reese or get to indulge some darker parts, some more traumatic parts and and vent. And I think that's where you're going to get a bit of a difference. I think one is going to be like, yeah, I know what you were like at your lowest. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. I know what you're willing to do. And I just think there's going to be, I think that's part of the contrast that's yeah. going to happen. And without, did that answer the question? No, it did answer the question. Without giving away spoilers, I, I think one of the most interesting aspects of Feyre's life going forward is that everybody in this world, she's, she's a pseudo-celebrity. Everybody in this world has seen her completely naked. Everybody in this world has seen her dance sexually on the night lord. Everybody, everybody in this world has seen her... Beaten to death. Right. Like, it is... That is a very crazy thing. Like, imagine your nudes being leaked online. Like, that's mm. what, like, Feyre is now walking into in this second book. But also, you're their savior. I think it's interesting because it's, like, the first book she beats the the big villain that's been tormenting them for so long, which usually is what you get at the end. Mm-hmm. Because even though I, I've said before that I think we've got, like, the King of Hyberon and these other issues that are going to come out, she has really, Amarantha is not like the lackey of the King of Hyberon. She's been doing her own thing. She's been creating her own power. She's been tormenting these people for centuries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, these these fae, um, she's the big villain. And Feyre defeated her in the end of the first book. And then we're doing the rest of the story. Right. It's, I think... Like, it's not like a story where you beat the one villain, then automatically, at least the bigger villain now is coming. And it's right. like, oh, oops, I didn't see the full picture. It's like, no, the bigger co- villain was already there. The bigger <laughs> villain was already there. But also, I think it's like, it's almost like you're seeing the story after someone defeats the big villain. It's mm-hmm. like after, I'm sorry for all the Harry Potter references, after Harry defeats, like, imagine Harry truly defeated Voldemort at the end of the first book. And he's that celebrity. And then he has everything else after. Right. I think you're going to get kind of a unique story. I love. And that's why I named this one Happily Ever After, this chapter. Because we don't usually get to see the aftermath mm-hmm. of the end of the big Well, that's villain. why I called it the aftermath. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is the aftermath mm-hmm. that we're going to see with the rest of these books. Right. Okay. So, shall we give some toast so that next week we can do a full book recap? Okay. All right. I am giving five 
human hearts to the autumn king for stepping up and giving his life first. The I, High Lord of the Autumn, I should say. The Autumn King is from a different Sarah J. Mouse book. Uh, okay, that's going to be confusing. Uh-huh. All right, I'm giving um, five swords in the face to Amarantha. <laughs> Bitch, I loved you, but you deserved it. Right, absolutely. I'm giving one corporeal body to Jurian so that he can get the fuck out of that <laughs> ring. He's <laughs> been in there for 500 years? Mm. That's crazy. I hope he's crazy yeah i didn't think of another one okay you don't have to think of another one. okay i that's, that's it all right I, I don't want to force it i just want to give people ratings they deserve when i am moved to sure i love forcing things <laughs> on myself mm-hmm. okay everybody so next week we're going to review this book from top to bottom we're going to see whether we think the summary on the back was actually what was in the book mm-hmm. we're going to decide whether which um book cover we liked better for the book, which we kind of talked about, we're going to decide whether we think the dedication is cute and fitting and talk other whole book like themes we think that carried through the book really well and mm-hmm. themes that we think things that still need to be tied up that we're not sure if they're going to or not. <laughs> like what's going on with sisters, sisters, oh, the Archivon sisters. Yep. <laughs> I'm so glad your commentary is here. So that you all know, Marjorie is so tired of me. She's been tired of me for the last three decades. Which is mm, long three decades and three years. Maybe. All right. All right. Well, I'll see you next week for a book recap. So long. You've been listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. We're a sister podcast to Her Story on the Rocks, independently produced by 1986 Entertainment and proudly recorded in Baltimore, Maryland. Join us in the Massiverse by reading along each week. All of our contacts and socials are available on herstoryontherocks.com. See you next week.